And now we're continuing our reading of the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, the beautiful pastimes of the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And we left off somewhere in the Adi Lila. Just see, 195. Oh, where are we? Next chapter or here? 95. By the grace of Lord Chaitanya and Lord Yananda, this darkness of ignorance is removed and the truth is brought to life. Tattva vastu Krishna Krishna bhakti prema rup Nam sankirtan shab ananda sharu If you're engaged in wrestling or building a house, please mute your microphone. The absolute truth is Sri Krishna and loving devotion to Sri Krishna exhibited in pure love is achieved through congregational chanting of the holy name which is the essence of all bliss. Surya Chandra Bahirera Tamakshe Vinashe Bahiravastu Gatta Patta Adi Se Prakashe. The sun and moon dissipate the darkness of the external world and thus reveal external objects, material objects like pots and plates. Duibai Hridayera Shaili Andakara. Dui Bhagavat Shange Karana Shakshatkar. But these two brothers, Lord Chaitanya and Lord Nyananda, dissipate the darkness of the inner core of the heart, and thus they help one to meet the two kinds of Bhagavatas, persons or things in relationship with the personality of Godhead. Ak Bhagavata Bada Bhagavata Shastra. Aro Bhagavata Bhakta Bhakti Rasa Patra. One of the Bhagavatas is the great scripture Srimad Bhagavatam, and the other is the pure devotee absorbed in the mellows of loving devotion. Dui Bhagavata Dvara Dia Bhakti Rash Tahar Hridai Tar Prem Hai Bash. Through the actions of these two Bhagavatas, the Lord instills the mellows of transcendental loving service into the heart of a living being. And thus the Lord, in the heart of his devotee, comes under the control of the devotee's love. Ak abhut samkali dohar prakash aro adhuta chitta the first wonder is that both brothers appear simultaneously, and the other is that they illuminate the innermost depths of the heart. E Chandra Shuryadvi Paramasadai Jagatera Bhagye Gode Karela Udai. These two, the sun and moon, are very kind to the people of the world. Thus, for the good fortune of all, they have appeared on the horizon of Bengal. Purport, the celebrated ancient capital of the Sain dynasty. 
which was known as Godadesh or Goda, was situated in what is now the modern district of Malda. Later, this capital was transferred to the ninth or central island on the western side of the Ganges at Navadweep, which is now known as Mayapur and was then called Godapur. Lord Chaitanya appeared there and Lord Nityananda came there and joined him from the district of Birbhum. They appeared on the horizon of Godadesh to spread the science of Krishna consciousness. And it is predicted that as the sun and moon gradually move west, the movement they began 500 years ago will come to the Western civilizations by their mercy. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Nityananda Prabhu drive away the five kinds of ignorance of the conditioned souls. In the Mahabhagavata, Udyoga Parva, 43rd chapter, these five kinds of ignorance are described. They are one, accepting the body to be the self. Two, making material sense gratification one standard of enjoyment. Three, being anxious to do to do material being anxious due to material identification, four, lamenting, and five, thinking that there is anything beyond the absolute truth. The teachings of Lord Chaitanya eradicate these five kinds of ignorance. Whatever one sees or otherwise experiences, one should know to be simply an exhibition of the Supreme Personality of Godhead's energy. Everything is a manifestation of Krishna. She dui prabhura, kari charanavandan, jaha haite vignanash abhishta puran. Let us therefore worship the holy feet of these two lords. Thus one can be rid of all difficulties on the path of self realization. Vignanash. All obstacles are removed by worshiping these two lords. That's why we worship Lord Chaitanya and Lord Inanda. E dui shloke kaila mangala vandana tritiya shlokera arto shuna sarvajana. I have invoked the benediction of the lords with these two verses, text one and two of this chapter. Now please attend, hear attentively the purport of the third verse. Vaktavya bahulya granta vistare radhare vistare na varni sharartha kahi alpakshare. I purposefully avoid extensive description for fear of increasing the bulk of this book. I shall describe the essence as concisely as possible. Mittam cha saram cha vacho hi vagnita iti. Essential truth spoken concisely is true eloquence. Shunile kandibe chittera agnyanadi dhosh Krishne ghadha prema habe paibe santosh. Simply hearing submissively will free one's heart from all the faults of ignorance, and thus one will achieve deep love for Krishna. This is the path of peace. Isn't that such a nice verse? Shunile kandhibe chitera agnanadi dosh. The faults of um, one's heart due to ignorance, shunile, just by hearing, kandibe, they, they're removed. Krishne ghada 
prema and habe, there will be deep love for Krishna, paibe santosh. This is the path of peace. Just by hearing. Shri Chaitanya Nityana Advaita Mahatato Tar Bhakta Bhakti Nam Prema Rasa Tato Binna Binna Liki Ache Kariya Vichar Shunile Jani Beshab Vastu Tato Sar. If one patiently hears about the glories of Shri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shri Nityananda Prabhu, and Shri Advaita Prabhu, and their devotees, devotional like Activities, names, and fame, along with the mellows of their transcendental loving exchanges, one will learn the essence of the absolute truth. Therefore, I have described these in the Chaitanya Charitamrita with logic and discrimination. Shri Rupa Raghunatha Padijar Ash Chaitanya Charitamrita Kahi Krishna Das praying at the lotus feet of Sri Rupa and Sri Raghunath, always desiring their mercy, I, Krishnadas, narrate Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita, following in their footsteps, ascend the Bhaktivedanta purports to the Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, first chapter describing the spiritual masters. And just before we go into the next chapter, this is a real milestone we read together. The whole uh, first chapter, Sri Chaitanya Charitamrita. So that's a um, important accomplishment. Let's just see if there's any questions from the chapter that you can remember um, that you want to pose in order to expand the conversation about the first chapter of the Bhagavad, of the Chaitanya Charitamrita. Go ahead, I hear you. I can tell you want to ask a question. You can just go ahead and unmute yourself. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Um, he was mentioning, um, Krishna Karviraj Goswami was mentioning the, the value of submissive hearing just now. And I was thinking about it and I was thinking that sometimes it's very easy, I think, Akramay was mentioning this just like a couple days ago about becoming complacent. And I've noticed that I too have become complacent many, many times and how that's hindered progress. So I was wondering how, how to maintain a humble attitude and um, how to maintain a humble attitude and be submissive while, while reading because it helps me to learn while at the same time um, firmly and confidently upholding, um, I guess, Christmas when confronted. What was the last part? How do I um, how do I maintain a submissive attitude and stay humble while at the same time um, uh, being confident when it comes to upholding Krishna consciousness when it when it's like challenged, I guess. Well you can be you can be humble at any time by remembering what is reality. The reality is that we're helpless. And whenever we think we're not helpless, then we're in Maya. <laughs> uh, the idea that uh, I'm controlling, that I'm the enjoyer, 
these are all just dreams that actually were being pushed along by time. Anything had happened in any minute by the force of material nature. So remember all the time that you're helpless. When you chant, remember you're helpless. What do you hear? Remember you're helpless. And also remember how kind Krishna is, that he's the one maintaining us. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Nityananda are so kind. They're maintaining us. Lord Chaitanya is known as Vishwambar. And it, that means he's the maintainer of the universe. So if you remember how kind he is, how helpless you are, and uh, really just remember what is reality. Come to reality. And just keep bringing yourself back to that. It's not hard because it's true. And if you do that, that will help. Um, and uh, you should be confident in Krishna consciousness by reading the Bhagavad Gita. Because when you hear the commonsensical words of Lord Krishna in the Gita, his intelligence is so strong that it'll uplift our intelligence and it'll give us the, the confidence to know that we're being guided by the Supreme Personality of Godhead. And then when you know that, then whatever happens, you know that if you take the medicine that he's giving and follow his instructions, then you're going to be cured. And there's no doubt about it. He's very certain about it. So those are two ways. Be in reality and study Bhagavad Gita carefully. There's only 700 verses. So try to, to make those your heart and soul and what his instructions are. And when you do that, then you'll be guided by what Prabhupada calls the Vedic intelligence. It's all in Bhagavad Gita. Only 700 verses. You can memorize that before you get out of college. Hare Krishna. Thank you. Good and sincere questions. Uh, any other questions? Okay, let's go on to the um, introduction to the next uh, chapter. And a big congratulations to all of you for being here for this uh, reading of the first chapter. We've been chanting the Mangalacharna for that for a while now. Most, most of the um, devotees in Youth Jam know it. And um, now we got a little more explication of what it meant. So hopefully we'll, we'll go back to some of the details when you remember them. Here's chapter two. Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. This chapter explains that Lord Chaitanya is the Supreme Personality of Godhead himself. Therefore, the Brahman effulgence is the bodily luster of Lord Chaitanya. And the localized supersoul situated in the heart of every living entity is his partial representation. The Purusha avatars are also explained in this connection. Mahavishnu is the reservoir of all conditioned souls, but as confirmed in the authoritative scriptures, Lord Krishna is the ultimate fountainhead, the source of numerous plenary expansions, including Narayan, who is generally accepted by Mayavadi philosophers to be the absolute truth. The Lord's manifestation of Prabhava and Mayabhava expansions as well as partial incarnations and incarnations with delegated powers are also explained. Lord Krishna's ages of boyhood and youth are discussed, and it is explained that his age at the beginning of youth is his eternal form. 
The spiritual sky contains innumerable spiritual planets, the Vaikunthas, which are manifestations of the Supreme Lord's internal energy. Innumerable material universes are similarly exhibited by his external energy, and the living entities are manifested by his marginal energy. Because Lord Krishna Chaitanya is not different from Lord Krishna, he is the cause of all causes. There is no cause beyond him. He is eternal, and his form is spiritual. Lord Chaitanya is directly the Supreme Lord Krishna, as the evidence of authoritative scriptures proves. This chapter stresses that a devotee who wishes to advance in Krishna consciousness must have knowledge of Krishna's personal form, his three principal energies, his pastimes, and the relationship of the living entities with him. Sri Chaitanya Prabhum Bande Malopi Yad Anugrahat Tarinana Matagraha Vyaptam Siddhanta Sagram. I offer my obeisances to Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, by whose mercy even an ignorant child can swim across the ocean of conclusions about the ultimate truth, which is full of the crocodiles of various theories. Purport, by the mercy of the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, even an inexperienced boy with no educational culture, can be saved from the ocean of nations, which is full of various types of philosophical doctrines that are like dangerous aquatic animals. The philosophy of the Buddha, the argumentative presentations of the Jnanis, the yoga systems of Patanjali and Gautama, and the systems of philosophers like Kanada, Kapila and Dattatreya are dangerous creatures in the ocean of nations. By the grace of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, one can have real understanding of the essence of knowledge by avoiding these sectarian views and accepting the lotus feet of Krishna as the ultimate goal of life. Let us all worship Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for his gracious mercy to the conditioned souls. Krishna Kirtana Gana Nartana Kala Patojani Brajita Sadbhakta Valihamsa Chakra Madhupa Sreeniviharaspadam Karnanandi Kala Dhvanir Bahatume Jihwa Maru Prangane Sri Chaitanya Dayani Tavalasal Lila Sudha Swarduni O my merciful Lord Chaitanya, may the nectarian Ganges waters of your transcendental activities flow on the surface of my desert-like tongue. Beautifying these waters are the lotus flowers of singing, dancing, and loud chanting of Krishna's holy name, which are the pleasure abodes of unalloyed devotees. These devotees are compared to swans, ducks, and bees. The river's flowing produces a melodious sound that gladdens their ears. Purport. Our tongues are always engaged in vibrating useless sounds that do not help us realize transcendental peace. The tongue is compared to a desert 
because a desert needs a constant supply of refreshing water to make it fertile and fruitful. Water is the substance most needed in the desert. The trans transient pleasure derived from mundane topics of art, culture, politics, sociology, dry philosophy, poetry, and so on, is compared to a mere drop of water, because although such topics have a qualitative feature of transcendental pleasure, they are saturated with the modes of material nature. Therefore, neither collectively nor individually can they satisfy the vast requirements of the desert-like tongue. Despite crying in various conferences, therefore, the desert-like tongue continues to be parched. For this reason, people from all parts of the world must call for the devotees of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who are compared to swans swimming around the beautiful lotus feet of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, or bees humming around his lotus feet in transcendental pleasure, searching for honey. The dryness of material happiness cannot be moistened by so-called philosophers who cry for Brahman, liberation, and similar dry speculative objects. The urge of the soul proper is different. The soul can be solaced only by the mercy of Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and his many bona fide devotees who never leave the lotus feet of the Lord to become imitation Mahaprabhus that all cling to his lotus feet like bees that never leave a honey-soaked lotus flower. Lord Chaitanya's movement of Krishna consciousness is full of dancing and singing about the pastimes of Lord Krishna. It is compared herein to the pure waters of the Ganges, which are full of lotus flowers. The enjoyers of these lotus flowers are the pure devotees, who are like bees and swans. They chant like the flowing of the Ganges, the river of the celestial kingdom. The author desires such sweetly flowing waves to cover his tongue. He humbly compares himself to materialistic persons who, are all, who always engage in dry talk, from which they derive no satisfaction. If they were to use their dry tongues to chant the holy name of the Lord, Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, as exemplified by Lord Chaitanya, they would taste sweet nectar and enjoy life. Jai Jai Sri Chaitanya, Jai Nityananda, Jai Dvaita Chandra, Jai Gaur Bhakta Brinda, all glories to Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and Lord Sri Nityananda. All glories to Advaita Chandra and all glories to the devotees of Lord Goranga. Tritya Shlokera Arto Kari Vivaran Bastu Nirdesha Rupa Mongalacharan. Let me describe the meaning of the third verse of the first 14. Somebody please tell me the third verse too late, it's already on the screen. It is an auspicious vibration that describes the absolute truth. Yadadvaitam brahmupanishadi tadapya satanubha ya atman taryami purusha iti sosham shavi bhava shad aishvaryai purno ya iha bhagavan swayamayam achetanyat krishna jagati paratatvam paramiha what the Upanishads describe as the impersonal Brahman is but the effulgence of his body, and the Lord known as the Supersoul is but his localized plenary portion. Lord Chaitanya is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, Krishna himself, full with six opulences. 
He is the absolute truth, and no other truth is greater than or equal to him. Purport. The compilers of the Upanishads speak very highly of the impersonal Brahman. The Upanishads, which are considered the most elevated portion of the Vedic literatures, are meant for persons who desire to get free from material association and who therefore approach a bona fide spiritual master for enlightenment. The prefix upa indicates that one must receive knowledge about the absolute truth from a spiritual master. One who has faith in his spiritual master actually receives transcendental instruction, and as his attachment for material life slackens, he is able to advance on the spiritual path. Knowledge of the transcendental science of the Upanishads can free one from the entanglement of existence in the material world, and when thus liberated, one can be elevated to the spiritual kingdom of the Supreme Personality of Godhead by advancement in spiritual life. The beginning of spiritual enlightenment is realization of impersonal Brahman. Such realization is affected by gradual negation of material variegatedness. Impersonal Brahman realization is the partial, distant experience of the absolute truth that one achieves through the rational approach. It is compared to one seeing a hill from a distance and taking it to be a smoky cloud. A hill is not a smoky cloud but it appears to be one from a distance because of our imperfect vision. In imperfect or smoky realization of the absolute truth, spiritual variegatedness is conspicuous by its absence. This experience is therefore called advaitavad, or realization of the oneness of the absolute. The impersonal glowing effulgence of Brahman consist only of the bodily rays of the person of the Supreme Godhead, Sri Krishna. Since Sri Gorasundar or Lord Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is identical with Sri Krishna himself, the Brahman effulgence consists of the rays of his transcendental body. Similarly, the super soul, which is called Paramatma, is a plenary representation of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. The Antaryami, the super soul in everyone's heart, is the controller of all living entities. This is confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 15.15, wherein Lord Krishna says, Sarvasichaham ridisannivishtaha, I am situated in everyone's heart. The Bhagavad Gita 5.29 also states, Bhoktaram dhyagitapasam savaloka maheshwaram, indicating that the Supreme Lord, acting in his expansion as the super soul, is the proprietor of everything. Similarly, the Brahma Sanghita 5.35 states, The Lord is present everywhere, within the heart of every living entity and within each and every atom as well. Thus, by this super-soul feature, the Lord is all-pervading. Furthermore, Lord Chaitanya is also the master of all wealth, strength, fame, beauty, knowledge, and renunciation because he is Sri Krishna himself. He is described as purna or complete. In the feature of Lord Chaitanya, the Lord is an ideal renouncer, just as Sri Ram was an ideal king. Lord Chaitanya accepted the order of sannyas and exemplified exceedingly wonderful principles in his own life. No one can compare to him in the order of, in the order of sannyas. Although in Kali Yuga, acceptance of the sannyas order is generally forbidden, Lord Chaitanya accepted it because he is complete in renunciation. Others cannot imitate him, but can only follow in his footsteps as far as possible.
Those who are unfit for this order of life are strictly forbidden by the injunctions of the Shastras to accept it. Lord Chaitanya, however, is complete in renunciation as well as other opulences. He is therefore the highest principle of the absolute truth. By an, by an analytical study of the truth of Lord Chaitanya, one will find that he is not different from the Supreme Personality of Godhead Krishna. No one is greater than or even equal to him. In the Bhagavad Gita 7.7, Lord Krishna says to Arjuna, Matak paratanam nanyat kinchirasti dananjaya. O conqueror of wealth, Arjuna, there is no truth superior to me. Thus, it is here confirmed that there is no truth higher than Lord Sri Krishna Chaitanya. The impersonal Brahman is the goal of those who cultivate the study of books of transcendental knowledge, and the super soul is the goal of those who perform the yoga practices. One who knows the Supreme Personality of Godhead surpasses realization of both Brahman and Paramatma because Bhagavan is the ultimate platform of absolute knowledge. The Personality of Godhead is the complete form of Sakchit Ananda, full life, knowledge, and bliss. By realization of the Sat portion of the complete whole, unlimited existence, one realizes the impersonal Brahman aspect of the Lord. By realization of the chit portion of the complete whole, unlimited knowledge, one can realize the localized aspect of the Lord, the Paramatma. But neither of these partial realizations of the complete whole can help one realize ananda, or complete bliss. Without such realization of ananda, knowledge of the absolute truth is incomplete. This verse of the Chaitanya Charitamrita by Krishna Das Kaviraj Goswami is confirmed by a parallel statement in the Tattva Sandarbha by Srila Jiva Goswami. In the eighth part of the Tattva Sandarbha, it is said that the Absolute Truth is sometimes approached as impersonal Brahman, which, although spiritual, is only a partial representation of the Absolute Truth. Narayan, the predominating deity in Vaikuntha, is to be known as an expansion of Sri Krishna, but Sri Krishna is the Supreme Absolute Truth the object of the transcendental love of all living entities. So we know from the Bhagavatam, Vedanti tat tat vidas tatvam yajjyanam advayam prameti paramatmeti bhagavaniti shabdhyate That those who know the Supreme Absolute Truth understand it to be in three features, Brahman, Paramatma, and Bhagavan. Or Bhagavan. So, Complete knowledge means knowing all three of these. And if one knows Bhagavan, Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, that I'm the basis of the impersonal Brahman. Everything emanates from Krishna. So if one comes to know the Supreme Personality of Godhead, then he knows Ananda, and he knows the other features as well. So let's see, we have here, An Ankit uh, says... Um, in the verse 102, one of the types of ignorance is mentioned as thinking that there is anything beyond the absolute truth. Is it difficult to understand this type of ignorance as ignorance? If someone is accepting absolute truth as reality, what can make someone believe that there is a reality beyond that absolute reality? If someone is accepting absolute truth as reality, what can make someone believe that there is a reality beyond that absolute reality? I don't understand the question. Um, 
let's see if there's any other questions or Hare Krishna Guru Maharaj. Yes, please go ahead. Uh, my my humble obeisances. Uh, actually, my question is uh, the uh, purport thing. One of uh, there are five types of uh, ignorance, and one of them is thinking that there is uh, anything beyond the, uh, the absolute truth. So, if let's say if I accepted, you know, that absolute truth has the ultimate reality, it's confusing that why would someone uh, accept that there is something beyond that uh, absolute reality? So, that doesn't look like ignorance. I mean, it's difficult to understand why would someone accept some, that there is something beyond the uh, absolute reality in the first place. Um, maybe you could tell us what, what you're referencing from which purport. You know. uh, it's uh, uh, the first chapter, verse number 102. Okay, let's have a look. Chapter one zero two. Which paragraph, please? Paragraph. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu Nityananda Prabhu drive away the five kinds of ignorance of the conditioned souls in the Mahabharat. Udyoga Parva, forty third chapter. These five kinds of ignorance are described. They are one, accepting the body to be the self, two, making material sense gratification one standard of enjoyment. Three, being anxious due to material identification. Four, lamenting. And five, thinking that there is anything beyond the absolute truth. The teachings of Lord Chaitanya eradicate these five kinds of ignorance. Thinking that there's anything beyond the absolute truth? Uh, yes, Guru Maharaj, that one. It, it means all kinds of... Um, superfluous um, understandings. In other words, there is a Vedanta, or coming to the end of knowledge. But many people go on studying, even when the Vedanta is, is um, presented to them uh, due to various motives, and they think that there may be something more than that. That's the point. And they, they don't come to the ultimate goal of understanding devotional service. Therefore, it said, Bahunam Jamanamante Gyanavan Mam Prapadyate Vasudeva Sarvamiti Sa Mahatma Sudrulabha. There are people that go on uh, speculating for a long time, trying to find the absolute truth on their own. But then when they come to know Vasudeva Sarvamiti, then they become great souls because they accept this is the absolute truth. So this is a kind of uh, maya or covering, which is that the absolute truth is there, standing before them, but then they look for something else. People do it all the time. We hand them a Bhagavatam, and they say, no, I'll look for something else. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you, Guru Maharaj. You're welcome. Thank you. Good to hear your voice. Mm. Vaikuntha Nayaka Prabhu, good to see you here on the screen. Sometimes we come across over-enthusiastic people who say Gita, Bhagavatam, I want to read Vedas. What is an easy way to convince them to read Srimad Srila Prabhupada's books? Should we explain the Vedas? Uh, should we explain the Vedaish Jasarvam Ahameva Veja? Or should we explain how Srimad Bhagavatam is a natural commentary of the Vedas? Or is there a simpler way to convince them to consider 
Gita and Bhagavatam. Most people are not that scholarly. Of course, South India, maybe people have read a few things, but the suggestions you make here are good. They're true also. And if you have the evidence to show them that this is the culmination, you can lead them to that uh, ultimate um, realization of that Srimad Bhagavatam is the fruit. Nigama kalpatoror galitam palam shukamukadam rita drava samyutam. And uh, also by reading Tattva Sandarbha, there's really uh, complete arguments given there by Jiva Goswami with Shastrika evidence to show that the Puranas are actually more important than the Vedas in Kali Yuga. And out of all the Puranas, then he proves how the Srimad Bhagavatam is the ultimate. And that kind of evidence for somebody who's scholarly and actually interested in Pramanam uh, can be effective. Otherwise, um, Hare Krishna yeah. Prabhu. Hare Krishna. So that was pronounced Prabhu. My question is, um, I, it was so encouraging how um, hearing and how we use the tongue plays the key role in our success in Krishna consciousness. But even though we have been hearing and, uh, but still at some point controlling the tongue becomes very difficult. So it just means that like it's somewhere it, it just overpowers you. So how do we, how do we practice these principles? How do you practice controlling the tongue? Yes, at the most uh, provoking situation. Oh, well, the best way is to do your mantras early in the morning. If you wake up and the first thing you do is stay your mantras. Open your eyes. Jai Shri Krishna Chaitanya Prabhu Nityananda Shri Advaita Gadadhara Shiva Sari Gaur Bhakti Vrinda Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Jaiti Janani Vaso Devaki Janmavado Yaruvaru Parishat Swarador Virasyana Dharmam Stira Charavijina Nasusmita Shri Mukena Vrajapura Vanitanam Pardayam Kama Devam then, oh, Mother Bhumi, please forgive me for stepping on your surface. Get out of bed. And then just uh, touch water. Make your bed, touch water. Then do your, um, do your chapter of Gita early. And then if you have some uh, other shlokas, if you can do one chapter of Bhagavatam also. It depends on your schedule. But get it done early. The power is in the mantras. And if you say them early and before anything else happens, you'll get this momentum to control your tongue throughout the day and make it a regular practice and then keep increasing. The mantras throughout the day, the three Gayatris, if you do them with intention and you move your tongue a little bit while you're saying them, they're so powerful, these mantras you've gotten through disciplic succession that they'll help you to control your tongue. And then, of course, the best of all is prasadam. Because if you're having nice prasadam, then your life is sublime. And there's nothing uh, more ecstatic than taking prasadam that you've offered to the Lord with a little care and attention and love. And those, those things, chanting your mantras, of course, Hare Krishna mantra, after you chant your other, um, other mantras, do your rounds nicely. And if you can't hear your rounds, then chant a little louder. Because when you chant a little louder, then it starts to override the mind. And then your tongue, get it, get it going, get it practicing. And then 
when you have those, then you'll have some taste right there on the tongue. And keep doing it. Practice it. Practice it like a pianist practices the same piece over and over and over and over and over and over again until she gets like really, you know, it's just like second nature habit. So we have to do our, our Hare Krishna mantra and all the other mantras has to become part of our life. They're very, very powerful. You were born in South India, Coimbatore. This is the land of mantras. So this is your destiny, your birthright. Get all these mantras and just let let them dance on your tongue. And then when something comes up, and then the mantra will take over and give you the power to control. Atashi Krishna Amadi Nabhaved Grahe Sevan You can't see Krishna with the blunt material senses, but if you use your tongue to do your mantra, do your bhajans, then he'll reveal himself to you. Anubhava, practical, straightforward. He'll be right there with you. Hare Krishna. Thank you, Prabhu. Thank, yeah, you, thank you for such a nice question. Okay. Uh, yes? Hare Krishna Gurudev, please accept my obeisance. Oh, Hare Krishna Dameshwara. Good to see you. Um, I have a question about the Upanishads. Uh, I was trying to think of a que- good question. This is um, as best I can do. Um, one of the main characters of the Upanishads is Yajnavalkya. And uh, he speaks a lot. He's also in parts of the Bhagavatam, like 12th Canto. And uh, I'm confused because he, his guru, Gurudev told him, you shouldn't find fault with your god brothers. And, um, and then he vomited out all the mantras that he'd learned from his guru. And uh, it was eaten by birds. And that's where we get the word taitariya. It means eaten by birds. I'm just, I'm confused because it seems so um, <laughs> blasphemous and unorthodox that Yogyavaki would do something like that. And how at the same time he's an acharya of the Vedas. That that he would regurgitate? That he rejected his guru and, and vomited out all the mantras he he received from his guru. That he, he disobeyed the order not to criticize his god brothers. Right. And so it seems odd to you that the that the that the Upanishad is um, spoken by him? Or yeah, the, is, is the result of that? I hope it's not an overly technical or specific question, but that's just something that confuses me. And I was wondering. Sure. If well, I mean, it. the answers will definitely be in the in the details of of the story, in the context of the story, which we can look into. I don't. I've heard just briefly that story, but I don't know all the all the details. But I'd be interested to look into it. We can take it as a point of of a little more research, but. One general principle is that these uh, sadhus, sages—I mean, there are way there are other worldly ways in which they act, and that it's not um, understandable sometimes. I mean, even the uh, Durvasa Muni—he appears in every yuga, and he's always seemingly causing problems. He brings so many disciples, and he eats so much. Uh, that you know, there's all these difficulties, but there again, he's he's in uh, he's in Rajalila and all over the place. 
So obviously he isn't just a boor and some kind of person who charges in and, and makes trouble for everybody. He's there for a reason. So then going into it and seeing, you know, uh, that as the Bhagavatam says, oftentimes these big personalities, when they do crazy stuff, you can't take it in the same way as an ordinary person because big controllers are beyond certain laws of the material world. Yes, exactly. Very well done. Thank you very much for your association. Yeah, well, I can put that as a, as a research. We have a little uh, team that looks up obscure things like that, and I can put that to them and, <laughs> and see if we can bring you the story. Thank It'll be you. interesting <laughs> to do. Thank you. Good to see you. Thank you. Hare Krishna. Jai. Okay, let's see. We have Radhavinkat Prabhu said, um, uh, is there any relation between Maharaj Prakshit, between Prakriti, sorry, between Prakriti, material nature, and guna, modes of material nature, does guna manifest through Prakriti? Yes, there is a difference. The uh, Prakriti is a general reference to the um, manifested energy of the Lord and the three modes of material nature are one aspect of that that uh, creates uh, a varieties within that uh, prakriti. So yes and no, it's, it's one and, and different at the same time. And uh, Ankit Prabhu says, uh, the beginning of the spiritual enlightenment is realization of impersonal Brahman. My question is, is it possible for a bhakta to realize the impersonal Brahman and get attracted to that? Since the personal realization comes after impersonal realization, there seems some possibility that they might get attracted to impersonal Brahman. So you'll find this in the story of uh, Gopu Kumar when you read the uh, Brihat the, um, Bhagavatamrita. So when Gopu Kumar uh, goes to the, uh, the region of, of liberation, he sees the impersonal Brahman. Actually, it's fascinating. Uh, he's fighting to not get attracted. <laughs> Because it's very beautiful. And Sanatan Goswami explains, actually, that it's made up of unlimited uh, uh, jivas. It's, it's uh, shining. And, and then he, he makes an, an, an astounding statement, and that is that actually, even there in the impersonal Brahman, the, those jivas are doing some service. What is the service they're doing? They're decorating that... Um, abode of, of liberation uh, for the Lord, because it's one aspect of the Lord, and they're decorating it by sparkling. And so um, the, the answer is that um, Gopu Kumar, of course, he, he hadn't come to his relationship yet with Krishna, but when he saw that, there was some sense that, oh, I shouldn't look too long here because it was attractive, and he didn't want to become attractive. So uh, Srivatsa then says <clears throat> a question from Giridhar. I was um, also wondering in verse 2 of uh, Chaitanya Charitamrita Adi Lila, chapter 2, one of the dangerous philosophies of Dattatreyas and Kapilas, but aren't they incarnations of the Lord, though? He was wondering since they were also mentioned in Srimad Bhagavatam. Well, there's two Kapilas. There's the atheist Kapila and there's the theist Kapila that we know about from our Bhagavatam. So these are always distinguished by our Vaishnavacharyas 
because the atheist Kapil is a different personality who uh, gave a, an account of the various elements of the material world as Sankhites do. However, uh, his conclusion was that the, there is only material nature and Dathatreya is uh, an incarnation of Shiva and um, he's uh, and the Lord has uh, various ways in which he um, manifests himself for different purposes. So at certain times he comes and performs various um, pastimes or teaches various philosophies, just like Buddha is accepted as Hushaktivesh incarnation of the Lord, but um, he teaches something that's uh, contrary to the Vedas, but it's for another purpose. So that's why some incarnations similarly uh, teach things that uh, don't seem in accord with um, the Bhagavatam. And then we have uh, Mayank uh, says, um, don't take anything which is not Krishna Prasadam and don't talk anything which is not Krishna. Then you become liberated. Your path to liberation is open. Two things, don't talk about anything but Krishna, don't eat anything except Krishna Prasadam. Is it very difficult? I don't know, is it? Um, it also includes, uh, it means, uh, Krishna Kata also means uh, speaking about your service as well. Of course, Krishna Kata is uh, speaking about Krishna and hearing about Krishna's instructions, speaking about Krishna's instructions. But the, the language of those who are discussing how to expand the Sankirtan movement is also transcendental. And if one's engaged in Lord Chaitanya's movement, then these become natural. Um, that's all we really do. We have time to hear, chant, and remember Krishna. Then we also um, <clears throat> take time to speak about our services and so forth. Of course, when you mix in, in the world, then you're going to speak about many other things. And that's uh, to be expected. There's not a way in which during certain periods of your life you can um, then just walk up to people and speak Krishna Kata all day long. That will be in special settings with those who are eager to hear and chant with you. And at other times you'll have to mingle for your livelihood and so many other things. But if you also remember remembering Krishna at those times, and uh, you're remembering that the people you're talking to are parts and parcels and that the work you're doing ultimately is connected to Krishna because your ultimate intention is to go back to Godhead, then these will not become um, detrimental either. And it's not practical to say that um, you won't do anything or speak anything, uh, you won't do anything but, but um, just uh, the nine processes all day and you won't uh, speak anything but Krishna Kata. When I first joined in the San Francisco temple, I saw this one um, young, very eager person come and join. And uh, we sensed very soon after he came into the ashram that he felt that he had a better path than everybody else because he thought that we were um, speaking uh, outside the realm of Krishna Kata when we were 
talking about how to wash the laundry and uh, wash pots and do other things in Krishna's service. He uh, also thought that um, he shouldn't look at anything but Krishna. So he had a harmonica holder that he put around his neck. Then he put a BTG in, on the front of his face. And he had that picture all day long. So his method was to just look at the picture of Krishna all day long and chant Hare Krishna. And um, he would circumambulate the temple. And then uh, apparently he kept getting a wider and wider circle until we never saw him again. <laughs> but there's, we've seen many people come and fanatically try to apply this idea that, uh, you know, just talk about Krishna. Um, most likely what happens is um, people won't be able to sustain that. So the Acharyas say, Nityam Bhagavata Sevaya means at least you should be regulated that every day you have Bhagavatam class, you hear something, you speak about it, and you chant your prescribed number of rounds. And do your regulated um, hearing and chanting every day. This is also considered Nityam. Because he says, Ajiva Goswami and Vishnu Chakravarti Thakur concur that if, if you tell neophytes that they have to hear and chant all day long with no stoppage, uh, they'll get discouraged because they'll think I can't do this. So at least once a day means stay with your practice of Vaidhi Bhakti that you complete and uh, your prescribed number that you're doing. And we have from Facebook a few uh, points, I think. Madhava uh, Prema Prabhu said, what is the meaning of absolute truth? And what does it mean when Krishna says there is no truth superior to me? The absolute truth is the complete whole and that from whom everything else emanates. And um, he's the cause of all causes. That's what the absolute truth means. And what does it mean when Krishna says there's no truth superior to me? It means that everything is Krishna and everything's within Krishna. And therefore, there is nothing beyond Krishna, and there's no truth superior to him. In other words, the ultimate in uh, the ultimate is uh, the transcendental body of Krishna, the transcendental personality of Krishna. That's the the ultimate truth, and there's not something else. For instance, some commentators on the Bhagavad Gita, uh, Dr. Radhakrishna wrote in his commentary, Prabhupada would mention frequently that when Krishna says, think of me, he doesn't mean think of me, he means think of the impersonal Brahman uh, within Krishna. So people think, oh, there's, there's Krishna, but there's something beyond Krishna. So Jiva Goswami refutes this idea uh, by proving that uh, Krishna is multi-dimensional. He's in all places at all times. And, but it, and as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita Yoga, uh, Aishwaram, this is his mystic opulence that he also maintains his individual personality. Even though he expands himself into everything else, he still has his personal form. Uh, Rupa Sri says, isn't five a reference to people who have accomplished one through four in a sense of renunciation or disgust of, or nihilism and thus sort of skip past Krishna's presentations of himself from an excess of cynicism, the Mayavadis. 
I think we're referring back to five, which is thinking there's something beyond the absolute truth. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, cynicism or, or the Mayavadis because they don't have the mercy of the pure devotee, they can't understand. This was uh, evident. I mentioned this at the very beginning of class how Sarvabhom Bhattacharya was a follower of Shankaracharya. He couldn't understand Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu to be the personality of Godhead. However, when he received the mercy of the Lord, he could understand that. Bhagavatam is sweeter. The taste of the pudding is in the eating. Yes. And Trilokini Saki, Hare Krishna. At the end of every chapter of CC, the author mentioned the name of Rupa Raghunath Goswami. Is there any specific reason? Yes, his, uh, he's mentioning his gurus at the end. So, um, let's see. Uh, we have a few minutes left. Are there any more questions on the Zoom room? Oh, Hare Krishna Maharaj. Hare Krishna, happy birthday. Oh, thank you, Maharaj. Please bless me. Uh, Maharaj, I had a question about the three modes of material nature. Like, like you know, in, in third chapter, Krishna says, Prakriti Kriya Manena. I mean, you know, which he says that whatever we do is to the three modes of material nature. I just wanted to understand that, that as a spirit soul, although he's not a doer, he does, you know, is he is uh, implicated by the various actions, uh, the soul, or you know, we get the karmic reaction. The journey of the soul depends on you know whatever is done. I kind of understand this. Uh, you know, we are not doing the good things because you know we are blessed or Krishna permits. But then the jiva or the soul has that minute independence. So how can we say that? Oh. Whatever happened, I didn't do it. Didn't do it. Bhagavad Gita is the three modes of material nature. So how, how do I understand that? Well, um, one way to understand it is an example, um, an analogy. One second. One is a way to understand is that um, it's like a child wants to pick up a heavy weight and his father is standing behind him. So then the child goes to pick up, let's say, a barbell and he can't lift it. He doesn't have the capacity to do that, but his father's standing behind him. And when the child goes to pick up the bar barbell, then the, the father actually grabs it and lifts it up. And the child's thinking, oh, I'm so strong. I lifted this up but it's actually the father, father's strength. So we, as souls, um, we have um, We're always active and we have uh, desire and ambition and so forth, but we're not independent in fulfilling that. And so uh, through the three modes of material nature, those who have material desires, uh, the super soul arranges f for whatever desires the, the living entity has to be fulfilled. 
Asau gurumayer bavir buta sukshmendriyatmavi so aninamiteshu nirvishto bunte buteshu tadgunan. There's a way in which the Bhagavatam describes how the super soul is there within the heart and fulfills the desires of the living entities according to their uh, what they um, desire and also what they deserve. And um, then, uh, you know, if you, um, yeah, so the, the living entity uh, is ultimately responsible, says the, the, Bhagavata, the Bhagavad Gita and the, in the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna describes how he gives two verses. One is, he says, Prakrite kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha hunkara vimudhatma kartaham iti manyate. That the, um, the living entity who thinks that he's, he's the doer is, um, is very foolish. He doesn't understand that he's being facilitated. And then Krishna says, Tattvavittu mahabaho guna karma vibhagayo guna guneshu vartanta iti matva If someone understands how these things are working, he becomes a knower of the truth. He sees how everything uh, he's doing is being facilitated by higher powers. And um, you're, you're correct that he has volition Otherwise, the Vedas wouldn't have any meaning because the Vedas are saying that uh, to the living entity that you should come out of this illusion that you're in. And therefore, the, the soul can do that uh, with some assistance from the Shastra and from the pure devotee to come out of uh, entanglement in the material nature. He has, he has the volition to do that, especially when there's some intervention and um, in the Gita, Krishna says, ultimately, I'm not responsible. Uh, I don't create the sinful um, reactions of the living entities. Uh, that the, the living entity does that for himself because of his interaction with material nature. So he's, a, he's an agent for change, ultimately, is the living entity, and he can come out of the material nature with the assistance of uh, Shastra and the, and the pure devotee, and then become free from the modes of material nature. And while he's in it, it's his mess. It's his uh, karma. It's not God's. It's uh, the, the living entity is entangled in it. But it's from a time immemorial. <laughs> So it's, uh, it's really hard to, to uh, really understand the origin of it because it's called a nadi or beginningless and probably describes it as being um, from a time immemorial. Thank you very much, dear devotees, for joining. Can everyone unmute and please say Hare Krishna. 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 Hare